0: Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the PRS Podcast. I am Rabbi Sandy Zisser, founder and director of the Pluralistic Rabbinical Seminary. We can be found online at jewishpluralism.org. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming episodes. If this is your first time listening, please take some time and go back and listen to some past episodes. You won't be disappointed. Today, we continue our series you, me, and a mic, and I am pleased to have with me today Heather Miller, who is one of our current PRS students. Uh, Heather is a professional educator and school leader who is passionate about creating embracing spaces in her religious and secular lives. Uh, she is the president of her synagogue, which I'm sure we will get into a little bit, uh, as where she strives to build a community that is safe for for all members she also merges her skill set to work on committees and projects of various jewish organizations to help move dei work forward in jewish spaces she is also the founder of the multitudes uh, where she designs and facilitates workshops for synagogues and school communities that help cultivate a more racially inclusive lens Uh, we are definitely interested in the work that she does and of course her um and her background and her life in general. We'll dive into all of that today, hopefully, and and give you a a bigger picture of uh, who Heather is and what makes Heather Heather. So Heather, we're very, really pleased to have you join uh, me this this morning. And um, how are you doing? Uh, Well, I'm so
1: happy to to be here. It's actually funny hearing my name uh, that many times because (laughs) in my outside life as an educator, I'm in a field where it's just last names. Um, (laughs) So I'm excited. Oh, that's uh, fun. That's true. (laughs) I'm very excited uh, to be here with you this morning.
0: Excellent. So uh, let's just jump right in here. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, Um, I think that the only thing in the bio uh, that is not there is that uh, one of my grounding and my guiding lights, I should say, is the fact that I'm also a mom. Um, That is my favorite hat. uh, And I use that as my guiding light because I'm not just a mom, I'm a single mom, actually. I have three, three boys and... It's actually because of them that I do just about everything that it is that I do. Uh, So like you mentioned, I am the president of my synagogue. I wear a lot of hats. So I'm the president of my synagogue. I am on the USCJ board. Um, I do like I work with I'm on a committee at UJA Federation New York also. So there's a lot of things in the different parts of my life. I'm also a special educator. So I'm a high school principal. And um, so I'm juggling a lot of those things. But I find that the common thread there is to make spaces welcoming, Um, no matter whether it's in the secular part of my life or the Jewish part of my life. I just want people to feel welcome and that whatever space that we're occupying in is embracing of all of the parts of themselves.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, you know, so as as you're listening to all these pieces, of course, my mind is like, wow, when do you have time for all of that? But, you know, I feel the same way in my life. So I know when you have time for all of that, because if, if I don't if it, sleep, <laughs> there you go. Right. Because it's overrated. Right. Um, but right. So, no, know, what, what I've learned and I'm sure you, you would agree is that if it's a passion, there's time for it
1: there's time. I, I have a thing where as long as there is work to be done in the world, um, you know, there's 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 time to rest later.
0: Yeah, yes, and and whenever later is, we'll f- figure that out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yes, sure. So, you know, before we get into the the current things that you're doing and I, I definitely want to talk about uh the multitudes and, and look into that. So, I find that you have a very, very interesting past, you know, definitely in in family dynamics. So, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Um, yeah. So, I mean, the parts of that, um, I think that the part of it where that brought me to PRS, uh, in the first place, is just I grew up in just a not religious household, um, and at some point. When I was in school, uh, in high school, really, I decided to pursue um, getting really just in touch with Judaism. Um, And I, ironically, (laughs) have always been the most, uh, one of the most religious of uh, the folks in my my friend groups. Um, But it just, just went down a path that led me to Uh, minoring in Judaic studies when uh, I was in college and like trying to teach myself Hebrew and which I don't recommend don't teach it to yourself take a class um and that uh, just led to just you know living a much more actively Jewish life um and many, many moons passed. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot in between there. Um, but I, then at some point I decided, uh, that pursuing just even more, uh, was something I actually didn't even think that rabbinical school was a door that was open to me, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's just, it's just bizarre how it all worked out.
0: Um, why I didn't never you think it, Why didn't you think that?
1: um I, th- I i maybe I thought that because i I mean it's not apparent here, um but I am a black jew, and right, we can't I see, that on, s- we right. can't see right. that on the audio we can't see that on the audio um right. and I had never seen a black rabbi before I had never met a rabbi of color before. Um, There are parts of my Jewish life, you know, my whole Jewish life is in predominantly white Ashkenazi spaces. Mm -hmm. And so it's just not something that I had seen. Um, And then I, then I met another rabbinical student who uh, is a black Jew and I said, Whoa, wow. Yeah, (laughs) I guess I could. Yeah, Uh, yeah. and you know, my colleagues in my field of education, at Mm -hmm. this point in our careers, I'm 18 years in. Uh Um, And so a lot of my colleagues are in doctoral programs and going that route. And I decided that Rabbi Heather, (laughs) Rabbi Miller sounds (laughs) better to me than doctor. Uh, So I decided uh, to, to take this path. And it's one that fit in a way where when i would tell people in my life that this is what i was doing they're just like obviously it was clearly obvious to everyone but me
0: (laughs) right 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 so so uh in terms of the yeah, right as a um working in the field that you work in uh meaning the jewish side of things how did, did did you have any issues with being a jew of color that that people were surprised at or didn't think that you you were Jewish or like, did you ever have issues with that?
1: So I think that's largely, so yes, I have had uh-huh. a lifetime of experiences where I definitely, you know, the, according to the Jews of color initiatives beyond the count survey, there's this statistic that identifies that of the survey participants, 80% um, of the participants identify that they had, experienced uh, racism or discrimination in predominantly white jewish spaces i definitely um, have been on the receiving end of that uh, more times than i can count way more times than i can count um, we call it like one of the most uh, popular things that happens is what a friend of mine refers to as bageling. Um, which is that thing that people do to try to like drop some Yiddish words or some uh, liturgy things Uh just to suss out whether somebody is legitimately Jewish. Um, And that happens Uh more so to people who visibly might not fit uh, what their picture of a Jewish person is. But it's that kind of gatekeeping uh, Uh that makes it so Uh that it's like, I'm expected to a have a story um i mean like two-thirds of jews of color are born jewish but i think right. that that's something that folks don't uh connect with not everybody is a convert um and so like one that i have a story and two Uh that in the first 45 seconds of meeting somebody in order to make them comfortable i have to reveal that story and we know that Uh telemetically that's not a question that you ask right (laughs) you're not supposed to want some even if it was if even if the person is a convert a person once you have come out of the mikvah, you are as Jewish as if you were born. So your soul has returned to Judaism. And that's not something that you get to ask of someone. Um, But what what we learn, so as a Jew of color, that's just one of those things where I've been told, I've been told this by rabbis, no less, that it's just something that I have to come to expect, me and my boys, that we have to come to expect it because we look like this. Um, And I think that that... That's one of the hardest parts is that people have this expectation um, that we reveal some of the most intimate parts of us, that we have a story, that we tell all of our, tell all of those things, should we have them, like that, you know, that's the price of admission. Um, And so that's definitely one of the things that I am trying to work on in our Jewish spaces, because there's definitely a lot of all of us, I reckon, that is left outside of the synagogue before we walk into those spaces. Um, And wouldn't it be great if we could just bring all of us into the room?
0: Oh, definitely. Yes. So I do actually remember when we first initially, initially spoke uh, when you were looking into PRS. And I think it's correct that that was in our first conversation you brought that up that Mm -hmm. yeah I'm a Jew of color I was like and I believe that my response was okay so anyway yes and yes um great exactly what I, I believe that was my response i think my response was oh thanks for sharing okay and right. anyway so, so tell me more about yourself you know like but right I, it's, because it's it had like come the, up
1: before yeah yeah I, oh i'm sure up.
0: i'm yeah. sure you know i'm sure by the time you came to when you, you came to speak to me it was more of like okay here's what i have to say and here's how i have to do it right you know and, I, and, well, let's and just
1: put all the cards on the table
0: you know it's it's like there's sometimes when people who uh you know, inquire at the seminary, and, you know, I get the email for it. And, and they're in their write up, they, they're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm gay, or I'm transgender, or I'm this, and my response is, okay, and uh, what about, it?
1: you know, Perfect. like, okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks
0: for sharing that, but you didn't have to, but, right. but, yeah. I, and I also feel really, like, sad that you have to feel like you have to share that, yeah. because people are, are like that um you know that that the the those other folks out there that are like you know they they either don't trust or they don't know and you know they don't trust what they don't know it's really what the answer is um right. and and you know but i i do remember that moment i was like yeah okay thanks heather and moving forward so uh <laughs> next question you know like and it was, that was it one was, of the
1: things that made it yeah. so that i felt that this was uh the right the right path for me
0: yeah, so what actually brought you to us, besides that, obviously, besides the amazing interview skills that I have, but, like, what was the what was the thing that actually drew you to PRS in the first place?
1: I think that once I made the decision to go to rabbinical school, I obviously, you know, started looking at all of my options. So, um, when this came up for me, this was during the pandemic, or, like, yeah. During the pandemic. Um, and I decided, um, I knew that, as I mentioned before, I am 18 years into my career, I am split very evenly down the middle. Um, I love, love, love my career. I love my job. I love the impact that I have on the lives of students with special needs. That is something I'm Mm -hmm. also very passionate about. And so I wasn't in a position also as a single mom, I'm not in a position to have to uh, like quit my job, find some sort of part time source of income, and go to a brick and mortar traditional program uh for the next five years of my life Mm -hmm. it's just not a realistic thing um that I do I have kids to put through like I have been putting kids through day school so I don't so I knew that that was not going to be um a path um for me Mm -hmm. uh the traditional route was not going to be it And uh, then so then I decided that I was going to look into programs that had remote components and see how I could make those work. I looked at all of them. I won't name them, Mm -hmm. Um, but I looked at all of them. um, And then when I found this one, it just seemed to be the right fit, uh, especially just the way the description of it and the rigor of it. That's something that I could do. I did. You know, my second master's was um, a virtual program also. And so I was Mm -hmm. familiar with the juggling of the workload and how it's not the easiest (laughs) to be able to do the courses that way. And you're working all day and come home and you have class at night and doing papers and all of the time in between. But I was used to that because I had done a program like that. And so it sort of felt like it was a commitment that I was... Uh, able to make, uh, particularly Mm -hmm. since at the time I was working from home when we
0: were remote. Right, when we all were working from home. Right. And so the question, next thing, obviously, that comes into my mind is um, your courses. So what what have you found um, that you like to study the, the most so far?
1: Uh, so I think what is my favorite thing to study so far yeah, that's a really difficult yeah. question okay. Um, I mean I'm obsessed with the Talmud I've got uh-huh. to say that uh-huh. <laughs> that's probably one of my what part, uh,
0: curious before you go further with that curious of that what, what's the what obsesses like what's your obsession about it like what's the best uh, part for that
1: so I mean I do like a like there's a couple of podcasts that I listen to. There's a lot uh-huh. of trauma that I have read just because I've gone down different um, rabbit holes. I am uh-huh. very like into mysticism and like the study of. Um, Shadim and Malachim, angels Uh and demons, and like Uh that part of um, the tradition that has been lost. Um, And so I think that when I started getting into that, uh, those stories, to unpack that completely, that Uh is that's a lot of Talmud that you read in order to really dive into that and getting into the legends of the Jews and all of those things. And so it like leads you into spaces. And then that opens the door to, um, you know, I also do Dafyomi. So, Uh you know, it opens the door to a lot of uh, different study. And I think that's one of the benefits and it's one of the ways that um, my Jewish lens crosses over into my secular life as well because it's a framework of thinking and it's a way of um it's just a way of just seeing the world and arguments and conversations and logic in a different way are these specific um arguments that they're having in the talmud going to come up in our daily lives right now in 2022 nope but the way to unpack the things the issues that do come in and just the idea of weighing different voices and how you come to a consensus and all of that Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. it's the way my brain is wired and so i really do like being able to break it down and break down the language and just being Uh able to say like oh it means this but oh look at this definition and it could mean that too and like just the layers Uh, right so So I, right so I you, that,
0: yes you. i i agree with you that's really fun although uh f- as we we are recording this i also am doing Dafyomi, uh and the we we are actually in in the throes of uh Yevomos, which is basically yep. you know deeply which is basically <laughs> deeply problematic <laughs> but deeply never happened and like you know if for those of you listening who don't know what we're talking about it's it's all these rules and regulations of like if 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 a man dies who marries the wife and if there's like two wives how many like it's like convoluted beyond belief in many ways and i always look at that and i'm like wow wow two things a the rabbis really needed full-time jobs because these conversations were just like all over the place uh you know and it's just there i love watching the progress of it but you get you can get very lost In what we're learning now, you can. So the
1: way I, you know, apply that kind of thing is that I am a school principal, and Uh as a school leader, you have to be able to plan for every single possible scenario. Um, And so, when you're thinking about it, and so when I think about it in that context, you know, I had a situation um where you know there was a major incident that made national news uh, mm-hmm. that happened right outside of my school building and yes. had i not had The training that I had, had I not been able to think about all of the different parts that would have gone into that, it would have had a much more detrimental impact on my school community. And so I also think about it in that way that you have to, you know, just consider even the wackiest scenarios, because Mm -hmm. if you've already done that sort of worst case scenario planning or thought about this, just like, well, what if this particular thing? You never know. I mean being three brothers deep with a sister wife and a co-wife and all of those kinds of things, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but if in your day-to-day planning, you know, for a school, you have thought of this weird thing uh, because it sort of happened like this one time, you can definitely, um, that that's how uh, my, Tal- my Talmudic thinking yes. comes into play. That and in synagogue leadership, because that's right. also planning for a lot of things.
0: Oh yes, so so that's the next topic. I just wanted to touch on with you. So so um so you're the president of your synagogue. How yes. did that happen?
1: Well, um, I like have... was this a plan thing? No. Does anybody okay. ever plan to be the president of a shul?
0: No, but you know what I did was when we, when we joined our shul, the question I asked was, which committee do I not have to join so I don't become president?
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. The, so, I mean, when I joined uh, my synagogue, so it's funny, I have been an educator for 18 years, and I've also been, this is my 18th year um, at this particular synagogue, mm-hmm. because in my, at the end of my first year, I moved to the neighborhood that my synagogue is in. Um, and so there are timelines that align. So shortly after I joined, um, I was asked to be on the board because I think I I brought the average age of the synagogue <laughs> probably down to about 60. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so as just a young person, um, I, they were just like, yes, please don't go. Um, and so just being on the board and so it was the membership committee and then other things to try to get more people, young people to come and stay, um, and Mm -hmm. not be scared off by the octogenarians. Um, and you know, it's just been a progression of how, Mm -hmm. um, the synagogue has just evolved over time. And so eventually I became an officer and then, We've I've seen it through a lot of transitions uh, when I first started. It were, so I will also say that, you know, I mean, I, I mentioned that I was on uh, the USCJ board. I'm deeply yes. connected to the, to the conservative movement, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, something that was a consideration for me when thinking mm-hmm. about going to PRS because I am in, I, I'm an active participant in movement Judaism. Right. Um, and so, yeah, eventually just became a vice president and then you know that's already the writings on the wall for that yes yes (laughs) it's only
0: a matter of time after that right so
1: yes so i am now the president so yeah we've seen through a lot of transition you know when i joined 18 years ago we were egalitarian Uh in seating only um so now uh-huh. we're fully egalitarian we're lgbtqi plus friendly joc families um we have more than your average counts um so i think that's that's a sign of our growth um and progress yeah, it's, and a it's, it's, yeah, a it's a good thing yeah it's a good thing
0: yeah so now of course the the next thing to talk about a little bit is the multitudes so do you want to just describe that and talk about what what that is
1: yeah. So this was an opportunity yeah. uh, for me to just merge the different parts of my life. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of equity work that has to happen in in the school context. And when we had a moment um, in my synagogue, shortly after the murder of George Floyd, um, mm-hmm. which is the catalyst for a lot. Like, you know, it's yeah. like whether or not synagogues started this work around Mike Brown or Sandra Bland or George Floyd, there's mm-hmm. usually a thing that uh, springs uh, communities into action. And so that was ours. And I think that in that moment, what happened is that our membership, I don't know, like we've unpacked it. Um, but it's Mm -hmm. sort of like the way it felt is that they forgot that I was black this whole time and that something of this magnitude, uh, would have impacted me differently. Um, you know, I tried very hard not to watch that video, but that moment, uh, where he called out for his mama, I am a black mama. I have three boys. Um, that I'm raising in both of these worlds. I say in my bio that it's, uh, they're raised, they're both, they have both the DNA of freed slaves and that of Holocaust survivors in their blood. So this is uh, a rich heritage that they're coming from. And so that was the first time. So when my community fell silent, um, nobody reached out to me. nobody talked to me, like nothing. Uh, for about a week and I approached uh, a friend and a fellow board member and I was just like what is going on like nobody's saying like we need to do a statement we need to do this like silence um Mm -hmm. and um so I said you guys need to have a board meeting without me so I like gave that permission for that person to head the meeting and I said you guys need to have a conversation about what it's like um to have what it means to this community to have a mm-hmm. black woman as your president um, and so that sort of evolved into work uh, that needed to be done and that was my first opportunity to take some of the equity work that i had been doing <laughs> in school and my school community and bring it into my shul community And so that was like the first iteration of my race consciousness series was born. And so Mm -hmm. um, the multitudes was born with this idea that we were all at Sinai and received the Torah that day. All Jews who were there, all Jews who will be, but also the Israelites were not the only ones who were there. There were a lot of folks who joined that party and they all did. And we were a mixed multitude. Um, and so it's in recognition of that, and that's where the name came from, and so that's what I do. I design um, workshop series uh, that are aimed at helping communities take a look inward um, and go on their journey from within um, uh-huh. and really unpack what implicit bias is, incidents that may have happened in their synagogue spaces, um, so that they can develop a higher level of race consciousness, but also walk away with tools where they can use that in, in their everyday lives. And so, um, that's, that's been the work that I've been doing. Um, I've had the pleasure of, between the pieces that I have written, uh, through this lens and, uh, the, the workshops that I have facilitated, Mm -hmm. um, I've been blessed to be before a lot of, a a lot of folks.
0: (laughs) yeah no no i could see that so and now this the multitudes is the backbone of your innovation project at prs it is
1: my innovation project so when i came to prs um this was like i had two ideas one of them is like not a thing like i was just like maybe i should design a curriculum and then Uh like day schools could use it and camps could use it on how to like train their teachers and camp counselors and group leaders youth group leaders Uh on how to do this better um and so like that was that was the project that i thought that i wanted to do Um, and then sort of like very shortly after becoming a PRS student, um, I was invited to do a talk for a conference for USCJ. And then after that, people wanted more of it. And I remember having a call with Rabbi Patrick and I said, okay, um, my innovation project is like happening. I don't know what to do. (laughs) So, like, I had been going through the courses, just like everybody else, and then I was just like, I need to have a website, people are asking for my rates, what are my rates, how do I figure out my rates? It was a whole, like, panicked moment, because I had to, like, throw it all up in, like, two weeks, um, because it became a thing. Um, So this, so this became my topic, uh, and so... This it sort of happens, um, sort of out of order in the sense that I like the project became my thing and it became its own entity, um, and so it sort of just I just remember that moment. It's just a very funny uh, memory for me. Just saying, like it's happening right now. I just don't right. know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs>
0: right, right. <laughs> like. I'm flying the plane, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yes, it's one of those <laughs> exactly. moments, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. And, it's just supposed to be an idea.
0: <laughs> right. It's that's you know, it's some of the greatest things happen that way, you know, where right. you're like all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's happening and you don't know why and you don't know what to do. Right. And and you know, luckily there was resources you had that you could ask all those really stressful questions to. <laughs> you know. Yes. And, and, and
1: okay uh, Rabbi Patrick definitely yeah. has been very instrumental um in that process and helping with the business model and all of those things and working through that so i mean that the innovation part of the coursework um for any students or future students uh who are listening it is more valuable than you know
0: yeah you know and what's what's interesting is that there are many students who say you know i'd rather take you know aramaic than have to do innovation you know um and part of it is is the unknown they don't know what that means you know so they're they're afraid of that unknown you were sort of thrust into it because you had no choice (laughs) you had to figure out right and i think that also
1: just the future of jewelry um Mm -hmm. unless you happen to be into the pulpit life uh which i I, i'm not uh particularly interested in that at this particular point in my life synagogue president is enough Uh um and i think that unless that is the path uh that you're on i think that it is a unique part of the program to go through um our rabbinical training with Mm -hmm. this as the huge part of it because it's really helping us to figure out what it is that we want to do with hour rabbinate. And so once you have that topic, then it's like all of the learning that you do unlocks different parts of that. And what that's going to look like. Um, And I remember, I think that it's just something about starting this year where there have just been a couple of moments where I'm just like, wait a minute, ordination is really not that far away. And this is real. Like, it's real. Uh Like, somebody called me about something and they're just like, as a rabbinical student and as somebody who's about to be black clergy and all of this. Uh And I was just like, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. That's true. That's real. That's not like something that's years away anymore. Right. Um, right. I'm about to be clergy. Yeah. Um, and that's a big deal. Um, and so it's just something shifts, shifted for me this year. And mm-hmm. I think that if I didn't have an idea of what I wanted out of my Robinette, uh, which I developed through going through the growing pains and the ups and downs, and I'm just going to quit all of these things with uh-huh. my innovation project, um I don't know if I would have had if I would know um or i don't i i can't say that i a hundred percent know um but what my what like my life as a rabbi would look like, I think right, that it right. has really helped me and put me in different spaces where I've been able to work through what me being you know, ra- the other Rabbi Heather Miller. Um, right, because there is a... one out there.
0: Because <laughs> there is one out there, yes. Um, but it's true, but you're, you're definitely vastly different, I know that. Ra's mama, as I like to joke. <laughs> there you go. Because you I go. love
1: the Talmud. <laughs>
0: right, right, of course, that makes total sense, that makes total sense. Um, and, you know, what's, what's interesting uh, for me is that the the um the the folks that are in your cohort right They they're they also i mean the the name of the your, your the multitudes you know there's there's a meaning behind that right but i feel like yeah. your cohort and and even all our other cohorts are the multitudes you know they are like there's a group of people that came together that would never be together
1: would yeah. never be together. I When yeah. I was listening to Rabbi Amanda's um, yes. episode, uh, that's something that resonated deeply with me also because I think that one of the things, uh, like I said, I am tied to movement Judaism. I, am, yep. uh, cons- I consider myself a cons- conservative Jew. There are definitely parts of um, the movement that I don't necessarily agree with current uh-huh. positions on. Um, but there's work being, being done. And so I think that that's an amazing place to be in, to like, get to be behind the scenes and get to see, Mm -hmm. um, some of that stuff move, make progress, I should say. But I think that one of the things that I have enjoyed, I didn't always think that I was going to enjoy it, but being in a room, uh, virtually, but in a room, um, and in community and have Ruta with people from different parts of Judaism. Um, and getting to learn from rabbis from different parts of Judaism have stretched and challenged and evolved my own viewpoints. So things that challenge me or things that I don't agree with, I might not have a solid viewpoint on that if I had not heard. A perspective that was counter to it, and it's just like, no, I tried this on, and now this is what I believe, and this is right. my this is my view on that. Um, right. Being able to be in that plural, this pluralistic space has been so incredibly valuable, and I just wish that this was a part um, that other uh, rabbinical students in different places. Got to do because I think that learning from such a wide array of brains and rabbis, I think, has just been so valuable. I never would have been able to do this uh, because even you know when you do like the luncheon and learns and things in your own synagogue, by and large, you are still coming with largely the same set of values and life experiences yes. to a certain yes. degree. Um, because you're all in, praying in the same space. But when you're praying or when you're learning from people who are unaffiliated or reform and um, modern Orthodox and conservative and Reconstructionist and all of that, all in the same space, mm-hmm. I think that it grows uh, who we are, because honestly, you know, the va- Judaism for the vast majority of Jews is not necessarily tied to a movement. Um, and so right. it right. really helps to, um, just stretch, stretch those muscles mm-hmm. and being like really walking the walk when it comes to inclusion, um, yeah. I, and it's inclusion and you know what? of thought and inclusion yes. of practice and how to yeah. make Judaism meaningful to folks who may never step foot in a synagogue. Correct. For whom right. that's not the, the life right. that they want to live.
0: Right, and, you know, one so, of the things, yeah, that one of the, been one incredible of, yeah, you know, I, I'll say from, you know, from my point of view, I say yes, it has, <laughs> like, because I, I see everything that, that you all do, and it's like incredible having all these people together doing, and working toward a common goal, and that's what it's about, you know, um, and it's a really great thing, and I think that that, it ties in with a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, pieces of um, what Judaism's really about in the end. And yeah. I think that really works out. So, so Heather, I'm really happy that you were able to join us today. And um, I um, would like to tell everyone that uh, if you are not subscribed, you definitely should. Uh, if you want to find out about The Multitudes, you should visit themultitudes.org. And uh, it's beautifully laid out everything's there for you. You can contact Heather directly through that as well uh, to hear more about her work there and to to possibly have her come and do some workshops for you with this incredibly important work. Uh, And uh, again, my name is Rabbi Sandy Zisser. I am the founder and director of the Pluralistic Rabbinical Seminary. Please subscribe if you have not. Uh, If you would like to leave some comments on Uh, what you've heard or other podcasts, please do so. We'd love to hear from you. Definitely we'll get back to you as soon as uh, we can. Uh, And until next time, um, enjoy and we'll see you then.